You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a good Friday to all. Thank you for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller. I appreciate you stopping by. I've had some really good feedback from a lot of people, especially on Twitter. You can get with me at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D. K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's uh, Locked on Browns, Locked on Dolphins podcast together, the crossover, just to kind of get a feel for both sides of what each team looks like and what expectations are uh, both for the Browns and for the Dolphins. And so uh, follow Ron Caniff on Twitter for everything Dolphins uh, for this week. You can get a lot of good information from him while the game is going on. Uh, about how the Dolphins are doing, what he's seeing from the Browns, and vice versa. For those Dolphins fans listening in, I thank you for guys for stopping by this week as our two 0-2 teams look to take each other on and get our first win. And so I think uh, the thing I really wanted to focus on today is uh, the fact that it's very possible that last night's New England Patriots game gave a blueprint for the Cleveland Browns going into Week 3. The Patriots, like the Browns, are going on really their third quarterback. And so Tom Brady is obviously out, so he's their number one quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo went out last week, uh, and they made way for their rookie quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, someone we know that Hugh Jackson and the Browns actually liked a lot going into the season. I was drafted before the Browns got a chance uh, and ended up with Cody Kessler uh, in the third round. And so Brissett starts. And the Patriots win 27 to nothing. Obviously, with Bill Belichick on the sidelines, uh, the Patriots are already kind of in a position to uh, to win. You know, that's just kind of a, a expected thing with Belichick. Is that, and the joke is that either you or I could be starting at quarterback and still win for the New England Patriots. But the question really becomes: Is can the Browns kind of look at how the Patriots use Brissett? He got the ball out of his hands very, very quickly. They used him running the ball a little bit, which his legs are are better than Cody Kessler's, but uh, he had eight carries for 48 yards. Kessler can run a little bit, again, not to the same athletic extent that Brissett is, but he can run a little bit. And they used some option and some some read-type plays to keep Brissett comfortable, active in the game, uh, so that the Houston Texans couldn't just kind of load up against LeGarrette Blunt and assume that he was going to get the ball, which he did 24 times. He only had a 4.4 yards per carry average on those 24 carries, but he really was able to wear it on the defense, ended up with 105 yards total uh, and two touchdowns, and really almost half of it came on a on his long run of 41 yards. And so um, the Patriots didn't run the ball great, but the variety with Blunt kind of hammering it up the middle and Brissett, uh, with his ability to pull the ball and take off and run kind of on the option uh, or the read option, um, really put the, the Texans in a bind at some points in times. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you can see that out of Cody Kessler with Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson. Um, because one thing we have heard and, and believe is that Kessler is not behind intellectually. His, he's ready kind of from the head up. The question, um, or I'm sorry, from the neck up. The question really is from the neck down. 
Um, how fast is the game going to be for him? Can he get the ball uh, where it needs to be? Is he going to be able um, to really react uh, physically the way he needs to? But um, from what we know, a real intelligent quarterback who can really do a, a multiple um, multiple things from the pocket. And then you look at, it, at Brissett's passing. He was 11 for 19, 103 yards. Can Kessler do that? Can Cody Kessler throw for 103 yards? I think he can pull that off. Can he complete 11 of 19 passes? Again, I think he can pull that off. Those are both reasonable numbers for a rookie quarterback like Brissett and Kessler to do. 24 carries for Isaiah Crowell, and then another 15 carries between Brissett, Julian Edelman, James White, and Martellus Bennett. That variety and that amount of carries if the combination of Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson, Kessler, uh, maybe even Terrell Pryor mixed in there, can combine for 39 carries, I think that's a recipe for success for the Browns. Obviously, the biggest thing for the Texans, and will be true for the Dolphins, will be turnovers. The uh, Texans had two fumbles that were recovered, uh, both in the special teams game, uh, and so those two turnovers allowed the Patriots really to control the game. And so um, instead of being able to kind of get a good balance in um, the way they want to, they ended up having to throw the ball 41 times with Brock Osweiler, who showed that he may not be worthy, like many of us thought, of the huge contract that he signed this offseason. And so uh, because of that, um, the Texans were really taken out of their game. And so if you look at his pure stats, Osweiler was 24 or 41. That's not great for 196 yards. Again, not great. Uh, only a 4.8 yards per attempt. Uh, that's sad, actually. Uh, he had an interception. He was sacked twice. And so because of the turnovers and because of the Patriots controlling the, the pace and the tempo of the game, they were able to protect their rookie quarterback. But the question becomes... Can the Browns force turnovers? Hasn't been something they've been able to do uh, at a great level so far. We had Joe Hayden's two interceptions last week. But just in general, the defense hasn't been able to get the pressure on the quarterback uh, that we've wanted to see. And so can they cause turnovers on defense? And can they protect their young quarterback with a variety of different types of running attacks with, again, Crowell, Duke, maybe even a little Terrell Pryor, and then Kessler himself running the ball. The New England Patriots last night played with their third quarterback, and they won 27 to nothing with Jacoby Brissett. They didn't have much from Rob Gronkowski. They're missing some offensive linemen, and yet they still were able to win. The Browns are not as talented as the Patriots. The question becomes is can they use that template, turnovers, run the ball, control the game, control the clock, and short, quick passing game to put a Cody Kessler in position for the Browns to get their first victory and Cody to get his ver first victory as a starter. That's a lot to ask for a Browns team that has already started 0-2 compared to a Patriots team that was 2-0 going into last night. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. We're already in week three. There's nothing like being in the stadium for this, the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house. Wherever you want to sit, whether that's the 50-yard line, the club seats, 
the upper level, the dog pound, wherever you want to sit, SeatGeek has the seats for you. I have a SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and just with a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket, because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on its value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate, download the SeatGeek app, go to Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. Enter my promo code, that's LO Browns for Lockdown Browns, LO Browns, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOBROWNS today and get your tickets. Again, backed by SeatGeek's 100% guarantee. So speaking of guarantees, are the Cleveland Browns guaranteed to lose? We, were, we previewed the Browns with Ron uh, for the Locked On Dolphins, and it just feels like both in Miami and in Cleveland and kind of around the kind of around the whole NFL, the the belief is that the Browns are going to lose. The, the belief is that the Browns don't match up with anybody. And that's a really strong statement to make about a team that's really trying to figure things out for themselves. Obviously, injuries are playing a huge role. Since the start of the season, the offense that we thought was going to be really, really dynamic with Robert Griffin III's ability just to chuck the ball downfield with a flick of the wrist, Corey Coleman's abilities on the outside. Those two guys are gone. And then last week we saw Josh McCown really toughen up and really able to kind of lead the team and take hits and get Coleman involved and and a solid run game by Crowell. And and now McCown is gone. And on the defensive side, we've been really excited. Carl Nassib, the third-round pick um, out of Penn State, has really been attacking the quarterback. and, And while... They're not getting sacks the way we hoped they would. Nasib has really put himself in a position where he looks like he is ready to do some damage for the Browns. And now he's out. All right, and so I think it makes sense for there to be some disappointment, some frustration, right? You know, the Browns have a total of two sacks. Nasib has one. And Christian Kirksey has the other. And so half of our sacks are already gone. Corey Coleman breaks his hand. Nasib has a hand injury. McCown has a shoulder injury, which may or may not be a broken collarbone. Hugh Jackson was talking kind of coded about it as maybe dislocated. Uh, Ray Horton talked about it being broken. And so either way, McCown is out. RG3 is out. Corey Coleman is out. Carl Nasib is out. So what hope do the Browns have? ESPN's Football Power Index gives the Browns a 19.1% chance to win the game. You heard that right, 20%. I'm not sure how much better that would be 
if the Browns were at home, but it makes sense. We don't know what we're going to get out of Kessler. We've lost possibly our best weapon on the outside in Corey Coleman. Uh, Terrell Pryor right now is kind of a boomer bust guy. Um, I'll have a story up on him at the OBR this weekend before the game as well. And so where do we go? Where, where do we find hope? And so those of you who have followed me for a while and followed my writing, you know that that's kind of my deal. I look for hope. And so long-term, the hope is there. I think the Browns are on track. Uh, Nasib has looked good. Coleman has looked good. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba has looked good. Um, I think the offense is looking to develop. Isaiah Crowell has looked better than he's looked uh, at his short couple years in the league. Um, you know, the Browns have really made something. RG3 didn't look terrible in his one start. Josh McCown looked good in his one start. And so the front office, Hugh Jackson, the coaching staff, has given us a lot of reasons to hope down the road, right? Hopefully we have health. Hopefully all of our players don't get injured. But what about week three? Where does my hope lie? My hope lies in the Browns run offense and the Dolphins run defense. So we talked about a little bit with Ron and the Lockdown Dolphins, Lockdown Browns crossover podcast. The Miami Dolphins have been terrible against the run. The Dolphins currently rank 31st in the league, giving up 136 yards a game. For comparison, Browns fans, the Browns are giving up 106 yards per game and are tied for 16th in the league. Again, small sample size, but the Browns are in the middle of the pack while the Dolphins sit way, way back down there at 31. Only the Cincinnati Bengals at 138 yards per game, so a yard and a half behind or worse than the Dolphins, are worse. In fact, the Dolphins are 10 yards worse per game than the people that sit right ahead of them, the Kansas City Chiefs. And so the Dolphins and the Bengals are significantly bad at stopping the run. The Browns, with their rookie quarterback, uh, with Terrell Pryor on the outside, with with not a lot of experience still as a wide receiver, with uh, rookie Rashad Higgins uh, now going to be starting on the outside, uh, don't have a lot of passing that we expect to have happen. I don't know if Kessler can get the ball down the field. Um, I don't know if he's going to make real good, solid plays. I don't know if he has the power to get to put the ball in small windows, but I do know Hugh Jackson wants to run the ball. I do know that Isaiah Crowell showed in his last game with his 85-yard rush that he can break it to the house, but he has, but he can consistently get three and four yards. He can churn out yardage, maybe not as a as powerful as Legarrette Blunt was for the Patriots, but I think you can give the ball to Isaiah Crowell 20 times on Sunday. I think you can get Duke Johnson five, six, seven carries, and then maybe two or three or four receptions on five or six or seven targets out of the passing game. I think you can get Terrell Pryor lined up as a wildcat or coming on a on a motion, a jet motion sweep. Um, the same thing with even Andrew Hawkins, who has a lot of uh, quickness to him. My hope for Sunday comes from that Browns run offense and the Miami Dolphins horrible run defense. Does that mean the Browns are going to win? Does that mean we're just can chalk it up to a Browns victory? Probably not. With Ryan Tannehill, um, the problem on the other side 
for the Browns is that the same way that their run offense fits really nicely with the porous run defense from the Dolphins is that the Browns' horrific passing defense can't say enough about how bad the Browns' passing defense has been doesn't match up real well with a Ryan Tannehill-led offense with Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills and and all Jordan Cameron coming out as a tight end and all the other guys that they have to put the Browns in position to really struggle. Landry Fields is their number one receiver at some level. I think the Browns, while they can control the clock with the run game, are prone to the big plays. They're prone to losing momentum. And so while the hope is in the Browns' run game, the thing that pulls us back in and understanding that the Browns are likely to go to 0-3 is that Ryan Tannehill is going to have open receivers most of the day. The pass rush has struggled to get there, and now Carl Nassib is out. So he's not going to have a huge worry uh, coming into his face with the pass rush. And I think he picks apart the Browns' defense. So even if the Browns are able to control the time of possession, I think the Dolphins' big play offense, their passing game, wins the game for them. That doesn't mean the score is going to be high. I think we're looking at a 20-10 type of game, a 17-10 type of game. Uh, The more that I've looked at the numbers, I think the Browns will really do a good job of controlling that time of possession. They're just going to give up a couple big plays in the passing game. They won't be able to get off the field defensively. And they're going to put Cody Kessler in a tough spot late in the game where he has to try to make a play. And let's just hope he stays healthy. It'd be nice to go into back-to-back weeks with the same starting quarterback. Whether he's the best starting quarterback is going to be for a different discussion. So going into week three, my prediction is Dolphins 21, Browns 10, and an 0-3 start and a frustrated fan base. What's your prediction going into week three? You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. I'd love to hear from you what you think will happen. And finally, we end like we always do with our listen up, our tune in, and our click on. And so uh, for our listen up, I again encourage you to, to pop on over to Ron Kniff's Uh, Locked On Dolphins podcast, and Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL podcast. They do an amazing job. And then also my buddy Bob Evans uh, and his Cleveland sports scene through No Static Radio. Uh, He's on every Tuesday night, has some really good stuff there. Bob really brings it, covering all of Cleveland sports. So again, Ron Kniff's Locked On Dolphins, Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL, and the real Bob Evans Cleveland sports scene on No Static Radio. For my click on, I'm going to skip my tune in for now, but for my click on, there's a piece on the Miami Herald uh, about Chris Bosch's uh, for the Miami Heat, his comeback attempt. And so for NBA fans, especially for the Cavs fans, obviously we know a lot about Chris Bosch and um, his relationship with LeBron and all kinds of stuff, but it looks like his health is not going to allow him to play in the NBA ever again unless some type of medication uh, will allow him to help his uh, blood thinners uh, for his blood clots and to play, which right now doesn't look like it's going to happen. And so just an interesting story on health, and Bosch really wants to play. The Heat and the NBA probably don't want to see him risk his life, obviously. 
And so just a really interesting thing on the Miami Herald about Chris Vosch's comeback attempt derailed by more blood clotting complications. Just a real human story and just how sports and business and health and everything can wrap together. And finally for my tune in, and um, besides tuning into the Indians, it's a Friday night, and so um, some of you know that I am a uh, mental health professional. I've been doing that uh, for all of my now 15-year career, professional career. And so tonight for your tune in, if you don't already have plans, I encourage you to tune out. Turn it all off. Turn off the TV. Turn off the internet. Turn off the radio. Turn turn off the phone, uh, especially the internet access to Twitter and all that stuff. And just spend time with people. Spend time with your loved ones. Spend time with friends. Go meet some people. Um, go out, and if you're not a people person, uh, go out and spend some time in nature. Uh, it's a beautiful time of the year. And so uh, this weekend, obviously, tune into the Browns at 1 o'clock. But t- tonight, I just encourage you to, to tune out for a little bit. Give your brain a rest from some media. It needs that from time to time. Again, once again, thank you for stopping into this Locked on Browns podcast. Uh, I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. I hope to hear from you about what you think is going to happen this week three Browns-Dolphins game. And as always, go Browns. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17